I will make you no promises save one. That if you truly believe in your hearts that you are free, then I say we can win. They got armor. They got armor, Paul. Even this boy can be taught to find the chinks in every suit of armor. But we ain't got nothing to eat. What do we need that the forest cannot provide? We have food, wood for weapons. We'll find safety and solace in our trees. Yeah, but what about our kid? Shutters taking all they got too. And by God, we take it back. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Man, I tell you what, I'm looking, we're recording in the, on a Friday afternoon here in sunny old Sydney, sunny old lockdown Sydney, mm. yet these people outside my window, oh, the park is full of people doing various activities, well, I guess largely in groups of two. I, so this is the thing, on an individual case-by-case basis, they're technically doing nothing wrong. But the net net result is a park full of people. Yes. With no masks on. Uh you know? I do. I do. I um I'd get frustrated staring at that all day. Yeah. I mean here in my little lockdown room, being all locked down, watching all these people not locking down. Mm. How's lockdown going for you, Greg? It's been what is this, week seven, week eight? Who knows? Ah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. Um it's okay. Did I say that yet? It's not okay. <laughs> I'm equally okay, I think. Um, my my optimization for the week has been playing basketball every morning by myself. Very good. Um, when the when the court's empty, it's a great start to the day. Mm. And because I'm so bad at basketball, I haven't played in 15 years, it's quite a lot of steps because I'm basically just chasing the basketball around after brick after brick after brick. Has anyone thrown it to you and said, I see the ball got away from you. You keep at it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, but they were playing anagrams or something. I don't know. Jeremy Zion. <laughs> Jeremy Zion's brother's in this movie. Um, but I don't want to segue back just yet. <laughs> I want to hear more about Basketball Diaries Tristan. Oh, yeah, man, it's pretty good. I didn't play today. Today's the only day I didn't play. It's, I used to be a decent basketball player. This is the thing. And then I just haven't played for a long time. So, like... My, it's mostly just about my body not doing what my brain is telling it to do yet. Mm. I like the yet in there. You said yet. It's optimistic. Yeah, because it'll come back because it's already I'm getting better. And I think I mentioned to you I'm having these like little muscle memory spasms of uh, like uh, reminiscent of a young Jason Bourne where suddenly I just snap into like something amazing and I'm like, oh, where did that come killing from? Killing someone. Yeah, yeah. Many have died but I'm playing better basketball. So – one could argue it's worth it. Well, I would also argue that um, perhaps it has something to do with the fact you're wearing a bandana today. That's that's the other update for the week. I now wear, I'm a bandana guy now. Good. At least for the next 12 hours until I get sick of that. I'm running out of ideas. I've gone through the puzzle phase. I'm halfway through the painting phase. And now I'm in the bandana phase because I need a haircut. Ah. That's the main driver. But I first put it on to just match with Seymour and take some cute pics together because, again, they've got nothing wow, else going on Wow, you right are now. scraping the barrel, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I better send you another video. Well, when I say that, I, I, did, it was, I was doing it ironically at first and, <laughs> and then I realised, hey, 
<laughs> this is cool. And then I realized, you know what? I'm, this is it. This is it for me. I'm going to wear a bandana. And I've been um, <clears throat> was teasing Ara today that I'm going to put an earring in as well. And then, you know, soon take up archery and then maybe rob, rob the rich to give to the poor. Mm. I don't know. It's... Uh, we haven't we haven't planned it all yet. But. You, I see what you're doing here. You're linking you're linking a conversation quite cleverly to the film we are mm. discussing today, which is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. Yeah, I think the definitive. You, you have to roll your R. If you could try again, please, Tristan. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Ooh, that was nice. Hey, uh, ninety-one. Ninety-one. I feel like we've done this year recently, but I imagine you found something spectacular to cast our minds back. Oh, I have. Was. I've actually, I've got a group of things that I would like to highlight mm. because, as it turned out, '91 was a huge year for television in Australia. So, um, if I may indulge, I've got. I'm just going to rapid fire a bunch of dates at you and tell you what happened on those dates in Australian television. All right, hit me. January the 2nd, pretty early in the year, you might say. The second day of the year. Almost as early as it gets, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And no, first doesn't count because people are still sleeping off the 31st. Yeah, Of the last year. Mm. Um, And then they hit you on the 2nd of January, boom, boom, Mr Bean launches in Australia. Wow. Wow. That was big, man. Just over... Yeah, it was big, wasn't it? Big. Big for flights. Huge. Too. Big for flights. It was a staple on flights because my dad lived in was Singapore it? when I was a kid. Ah, and so I used to yes. fly it a couple of times a year to visit my dad in Singapore because in those days if you moved overseas with your company, you'd get these amazing expat packages where you could fly your kids over and stuff. And so mm. I would fly as a, as, a young, as a young person to Singapore and it was before they had the screens in the backs of seats and stuff. They just had the big screen at the front or maybe a couple of monitors to be shared. And the beauty of Mr. Bean was he didn't need the audio either. So Mr. Bean, what, it was done all I the was damn just time. That. Yeah. Mr. Bean, quite the asshole he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except he, he really loved his teddy, teddy. <laughs> he kind of sounds like Alan Rickman. Yes. He does. He does. He does. Mm. A month later, February 10th, Simpsons makes its debut on Network 10. Wow. Really? That was 91. It took us that long. Was it on Foxtel before it came on 10? I don't know if we had Foxtel yet because they used Bart Simpson to promote Foxtel, remember? Mm. I want my Foxtel. Mm -hmm. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. We got things late back in those days. Oh, yeah. We only just got Vianetta. June. Yeah. This one goes the other way, Tristan. Neighbours arrives in America for the first time, airing on K-pop TV. Wow. In ah, Los Angeles. What it, what, WWOR TV. I wonder Europe. what kind of following it had. I would say niche. Or should I say niche? I haven't watched that in a long time. We were a neighbour's household. Yeah. But, yeah, haven't watched that in a long time. Summer Bay is getting a fair promo in the Olympics. There seems to be a car crash. Tell you what, Summer Bay or Yabby Creek Hospital's waiting room has seen its fair share of traffic, hasn't it? Yeah, man. Don't move to Ramsey Street or, um, wait, what, what, Summer Bay. The chances of dying. Summer Bay. 
Chances of a tragedy around Christmas are through the roof. Yeah, a, a cliffhanger. And you won't know what happened in your accident all summer. There's been like multiple shootings on Ramsey Street. Oh, it's gangland. Especially getting married is like a death sentence. Oh, falling in love is. Marrying Toadie is a death sentence. <laughs> Actually. Being That's a the only hot girl Toadie. Till death do us part, you say. He lost another one. <laughs> he lost another one, Toadie. <laughs> yeah, man. There's something going on there. He's like a serial killer. He marries babes and then organises a car accident. And then they die. <laughs> and he's a lawyer, so he knows all the ins and outs. He's a good old-fashioned sharehouse lawyer. <laughs> I haven't watched it in so long. I can't believe he's still in it. Uh, sorry, he, Americans, he? you have no idea. what. Yeah, he's like the poster. He's, he's what Harold Bishop used to be. He's like the face of Neighbours. He's, he's a career Neighboursman. Can you hit the wow button? Wow. He's got tenure and free lodging. Let's get him on the show. Yeah, he would be great to get on the show. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through the next ones a little bit faster. All right, sorry, yes, ending too hard. <laughs> I love it. It's good. It's content, baby. Content, baby. Um, uh, Oprah Winfrey made her debut on late night TV in Australia. Wow. And on December third, we welcomed none other than the Fresh Prince from Bel Air. Wow. That was big, wasn't it? So we had Fresh Prince, Mr. Bean, The Simpsons, Oprah, 91, man. What a year, man. What a year. Um, big year for television. Big, You might say it's a big year for the small screen. Big year for the big screen. Blockbusters, man. Ah, the flickies. The flickies, the moving pictures, the movies, the pictures. It was the year of Silence of the Lambs, Hook. Cape Fear, Hot Shots, The Adams Family, City Slickers, mm-hmm. The Last Boy Scout, Point Break, Backdraft, Father of the Bride, Naked Gun Two and a Half, Fried Green Tomatoes, uh, The wow. Rocketeer, Boys in the Hood, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, ah. Double Impact, Keep Going, Keep Going. Um, but big, big movies all round. None bigger than the one we're talking about today. That's a lie. There's two bigger. The biggest movie in the world. <laughs> The biggest movie in the world in, in 1991 was Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, of course. The second biggest movie in the world was Beauty and the Beast. But the third biggest movie on the planet in 1991 mm. was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So I think it was number two in the US, but globally speaking, yes. we're an Australian Leave podcast. So. We speak for the globe. Mm. Number three. The bottom three. of the globe, as it were. The arse end of the planet, once I believe mm. it's been said by some of our politicians. Mm. Uh, but it came out in June of 1991 with a budget of $48 million with a gross return of $390.5 million. Wow. Huge. That's big money in anyone's that language. That's some Romy. That's some Romy. That's some serious Romy. You know, if you're in the Kevin Costner business between 87 and 92, you're getting Romy, baby. Oh, sweet, sweet Romy. He was a Romy machine. They called him Kevin Romy Costner. Kevin, return on movie investment Costner. Um, Critics, on the other hand. (laughs) This film had a critics Rotten Tomatoes score of 52% with an audience score of Mm. 72%. 
interesting, interesting. I mean, we'll get into our memories and all that kind of shit, but this is one that I really had, really had no idea what the perception of this movie was going into it. Mm-hmm. Was this mm-hmm. a critically acclaimed film? I wouldn't, couldn't tell you. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Critic consensus, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, brings a wonderfully villainous Alan Rickman to this oft-adapted tale. But he's robbed. It is an oft-adapted tale, isn't it? Oft. Oft. It's an oft-adapted tale. Yeah. But he's robbed, so to speak, by big-budget bombast and a muddled screenplay. Ooh. I don't know who this critic consensus guy is, but sometimes he's got some he's got some great ways with words. Mm, he's he, a poet. You might think he does it for a living. He's a poet. Mr. Consensus, we salute you. Do they just cherry pick the best ones from whoever? I, I think, yeah, I guess it's just a, like, all right, based on everything. It's a synthesization of all the reviews, I suppose. But someone's got to write I assume it. They it's just not AI. The good one. I thought he just picked. Oh, I thought that one might be from the Chicago Tribune and another one might be from Interesting. The Straits Times. That would make more sense because I don't know who there's some guy gets to write these. I'd love to write these. Yeah. That'd be the best job ever. It's, it's like right next to writing fortune <laughs> give me cookies. A, yeah. Give me three yeah, give me three sentences on <laughs> every movie. <laughs> oh, dream job. They're probably quite hard to write too. You know, sometimes these things where you've got to write it in one sentence, it's way harder than writing a page. What's that famous yeah. thing? Sorry, I, 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 write, I write this person a letter. Sorry it's so long. I didn't have enough time. There's some, some, I butchered some quote yeah. there. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a quote that has that Buried in there somewhere. Somewhat ironically, I made the same point by over-explaining <laughs> it incorrectly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, from a personal point of view, Greg, I'd love to know the the impact, so to speak, that this mm. film uh, left on you as a child. Well, the first impact, yeah, it was it was a big movie for me. Mm. I loved this movie growing up. I don't know how growing up is probably the wrong word. About the time it was huge. Um, I was yeah. trying to, you know, the, the song obviously um, was huge. I did get a bit weary of it being number one on Rage. Yeah, our Saturday morning. Uh, top 100 song countdown. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't remember why I love this movie. I think Robin Hood was pretty cool just generally speaking. Yeah. There was lots of bows and arrows, fire, tree houses. I liked tree houses as a boy. So tick. You know what? Fuck, that's a very good point. I think because I've been trying to, I've been racking my brain. Um, why did you like this? Yeah. And you know yeah, what? Tree yeah, houses yeah. might be a big a similar... factor. <laughs> It might have been. The treehouse factor doesn't get discussed in many of those reviews. But <laughs> it was also the same year as back. Hook. Also the same year as Hook and I think I probably just got Robin Hood and, and Peter Pan mixed up a little bit, like, you know, mm. run around in a green hat. Although there's no – anyway, we'll get into that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I like – yeah, I had a similar thing. This was a big deal. But, yeah, the video hits thing, you know, I think this came up previously – on, I don't know what movie it would have been, but you mentioned that thing about you wait because in those days before the internet, obviously you wait for what the number one video is going to be on video hits or yeah. rage. Yeah, that is when you find out. That countdown is literally you finding out. The and top you see the arrow. The arrow gets shot right in the opening through the trees. I think it was it was met with disappointment. And then him coming down, him coming down the do 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 do. Yeah, I think the first bit was it him coming down with um, Maid Marian from on the. I think so. Yeah, and then it, will, it was basically down? at that point you just leave the room. You're like, oh, okay, well it's that one again, I guess. But mm. um, 
strangely enough, I looked up the video clips today and there was only the video of just Brian Adams singing it, like shot at a concert or something. I couldn't find the the, the Robin Hood version of the video clip. Really? Don't tell me they've had a falling out. I don't know, but it seems like, because I was going to say, I feel like part of the reason for the cultural impact of the movie was the song, I think, because the song was basically an ad for the movie. It was in the charts for months. Months. It was, yeah, it was a long time. Months. Um, I like how also there, Greg, how you caveated that it wasn't a big movie for you growing up. It was a big movie for mm. you at this very specific point in time. And I agree because I think it, it was very big for a specific point in time, but then I, had, I never watched it again until this week. In saying that, Greg, I do have a very close personal connection to the story of Robin Hood. Oh. In what is perhaps my best personal anecdote for any film ever. Ah. Are you ready for this? I don't know if I can be. I had to verify this with my mother because I wasn't sure if it was a story I had made up or like connected dots that weren't there or something. But my mother's father, otherwise known as my grandfather. Yes. But on my mother's side. Um, last name Mellers. Sounds like a mm-hmm. relatively common name, but actually the way it's spelt, it is uh, a very rare name. Mellers. Very rare. So all the if you look up in the phone book, all the Mellers as you find, it's my uncle, it's my cousin, and that's about it. Like you you, are, you got a monopoly on the Mellors? We got a monopoly on them. And um, my grandfather on my mother's side went to a family reunion back in the day. He passed away before I was born, so this is years and years ago. He went to a family reunion in England back in the day, learned a ton about our history, including the fact that one of our ancestors, Robert Mellors, was the sheriff of Nottingham. So you're you're inherently evil. evil? <laughs> yeah, I'm always walking around with spoons, threatening people and whatnot. At least I didn't do it with a spoon. And my mother, I, I verified this with my mum, and I was like, "So is, was does that he, make your mum Maid Marian? Perhaps." <laughs> but I was like, "But was it the sheriff of Nottingham or just a sheriff of Nottingham?" And she said, "She's not sure. She didn't know the details." But there's this thing called the internet now, and I looked it up, and I found. Robert Mellors was the Sheriff of Nottingham in 1511, so it was a bit late. He wasn't the Sheriff of Nottingham. Ah, he might, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, but there are some other ones too that are pretty interesting. So also around the 1500s, I guess, Henry VIII borrowed money from one of our ancestors and never paid it back. Ah, off with his head. (laughs) Uh, Agnes Mellors founded Nottingham High School. And my personal favourite... Tom Mellors was the town drunk. <laughs> you've got a you, you've got a real Nottingham history. Yeah, he was the town drunk. He got arrested for being drunk and disorderly and rolling barrels down the street. So I think he's the tire fruck type character of the town, mm. of the village. So I was pretty happy with I that. Know a couple of people from Nottingham. Nottingham. Oh yeah, I might be related to them. Maybe. Because also when you go back that far, I know we're all very attached to our names, but when you go back that far, your name is one in, what, 50 different great-great-great-grandparents. Just one ingredient 
So I think I'm related to everyone that's ever lived in Nottingham, including Robin Hood and including the sheriff himself. And, you know, there's a little bit of good and evil in all of us. Should I get into the origin story of this particular picture? I think it's time. Origin story. So this, this was an interesting one. Again, this was, I think, by the nature of being one of those films that existed. In yesteryear. In yesteryear. It was very big for a very brief period of time. I didn't know much about the origin story of this one. And I had mm, always assumed. About the story of Robin Hood or? Uh, this movie. I, well, a bit of both really. But it, I just assumed yeah. that this movie was a vanity project by Costner. I thought it was directed by him. I thought it was like his thing, like a. He's just done Dances with Wolves. This is the next big, I'm going to bring to life a classic tale of epic proportions and show my buns in a waterfall channeling my inner JCVD. But um, like the quest. Did you say that? I did. Yeah, it's in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the quest, if you will. Um, (laughs) Sorry. But, um, yeah, I thought this was his The Quest. And it mm, wasn't. His, his magnus opus. Magnum opus. <laughs> no, his magnus. Magnus opus? Yeah. His <laughs> magnet. I think it's magnet. Magnetic opus. I think opus. it's magnus, magnet opera, I think is how the saying Magnet goes. opera. Okay, yeah. thank you. But not only did he not direct this, he actually rejected the role initially uh, until they got his buddy, Kevin Reynolds, to direct. But let's rewind for a second because that'll begin way ahead of ourselves. Nice sound effect. Wow. <laughs> Robin Hood itself... This is not an original story, Greg. What? It's based on a novella. No, unfortunately, it's not. It's based on a, <laughs> it's based on an old folk tale. Um, I think the earliest, been, the, the estimated earliest, it might have been. In, it, I'm sure it's been in a novella That's at some point between. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's in the mix somewhere. But I think this is an interesting one because it doesn't seem to be a definitive text of Robin Hood. It's just evolved over the years. So it sounds like. The theory is mm. the earliest appearance was in the 1370s, but the earliest surviving piece of literature, which I think was more of a poem, was 15th century. It's written in 1450. And like I said, the, I found what that was and it's just a very short piece, very simple story. And I think it's just one of those ones that's accumulated more stuff over the years. Mm. Just more and more stuff, and some of that stuff sticks and becomes canon. Some of it falls off, but um, so there's no. Mm-hmm. We probably won't go much into like here's the difference between this movie and the real story because there's many stories. Yeah, there's what's the original source to which benchmarks could be formed? Exactly. I mean, I would ask my great uncle Robert Mel as if I could. I think that'd be a good start. All the drunk. I'm no Whoopi Goldberg. I can't speak to ghosts, you know. So mm. it's just not going to happen. Um, very old story, very old story. Uh, it's been around forever and naturally there's been many films based on it. In fact, it had already been on the big screen 17 times before we even get to this one. That's not including TV shows, big screen and small screen, there you go. Um, but one man thought he had a hot take. Mm. That man's name was Pendensham. Oh, I've got to look this up just in case that's wrong. <laughs> Pendensham. First name Penn, second name Densham. I'm with you. It's Densham. 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 I think it'll be, shall we go with Densham? Oh, you think it's pronounced that way? 
Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the same word as you, D-E-N-S-H-A-M, but I'm suggesting it might be Denzim. I'll go with you because one thing I'm not an expert in is names. Mm. Just just ask Sireban or Warwick. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the little drum thing? (laughs) Anyway, this guy thought I got a hot take. This guy's a producer, by the way. He's not really a writer. He went on to produce Blown Away, Tank Girl, The Phantom. Um, But he thought he had a hot take on this one. He wanted to break from tradition. What if Robin was actually a rich kid who changes into a socially conscious rebel by imprisonment? In other words, what if Robin Hood was Batman or Iron Man, perhaps? Oh, yes. My word's not his. But interesting, wouldn't you say? I would. He wrote a 92-page outline, a, a classic story by, if you will, and he hands it over to his production partner, John Watson, to write a proper screenplay. Uh, he's also traditionally more of a producer. He worked on Backdraft, amongst other things. Meanwhile, Kevin Costner's blowing up The Untouchables in 87, No Way Out in 87 also, Bull Durham in 88, Field of Dreams in 89, Dancers with Wolves in 1990. Everyone wants to be in the Kevin Costner business. Kevin, Romy, Costner. Everyone wants a piece. Interesting, hey? Yeah, and like I said, they couldn't get him. He said no. And... Like I said, even the director who they did get, Kevin Reynolds, thinks he only got hired because he was the one that could lock down Costner. Such a big deal, which seems crazy to me. Nothing against the guy, but he he really is a bit of a time capsule in and of himself, isn't he? It's strange to think that he mm. was so big. He's fine. I like the guy. But, yeah, I just can't imagine a world where he is the, the box office straw. The man. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. fascinating. We can talk more about that. But why don't we get into casting? Hey, just before we – just sorry, oh, yeah. very quickly, mm. I've noticed that Penn Densum mm. was a supervisor for fight and training montages on Rocky II. Oh, uh, yeah. I wonder what his background is because there was a couple like that. I think on Dances with Wolves he was – oh, no, that was the director. He was a creative consultant on Footloose. Yeah. So that, I was looking at his Wikipedia page and he's got a really long filmography. Some of them are producer, some are a very small amount writer, but then a whole bunch of these creative consultant type of yeah. things. Is he in the I mafia like or something? Yeah. Is that just like a money laundering thing? No, or do they bring him into like like a script doctor but for scenes? For horse, horses, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. We'll never know. We'll never know. We may never know. But should we get into casting? Yes. I've got some precasties. Some of these are questionable um, because the first one I've got is Carrie Elwes, who obviously was in The Princess <laughs> Bride and went on to play Men in Tights. So I feel like that's just not accurate. But apparently he turned it down because it sounded a bit shitty. Um, apparently Johnny Depp turned down the um, Christian Slater's role. Um, oh, yeah. Mel Gibson said that he was offered the lead. Oh, yeah. Now here's where it gets also questionable. Robin Wright apparently was the original choice to play Maid Marian but had to drop out because she was pregnant. Exactly. So there's a scenario where Robin Wright and Carrie Elwes are the leads in this and it's basically the Princess Bride. They wouldn't let that happen. Mm. They would not let that happen. Apparently Sam Neill turned down the sheriff, a role that was also offered to Richard E. Grant, which has a he has a very evil Englishman vibe to him. He's quite good. Yeah, let me look. Most recently in Loki, as the old school looking Loki. Oh, yes, of course. He'd make a good sheriff, wouldn't he? He's inherently evil looking. Mm. Uh, but of course, we didn't get any of those suckers. We, 
We've got a hotshot cast of Kevin Costner as Robin of Loxley, Morgan Freeman as Azim, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Yeah, I think I got Mastrantonio. That. Yeah, as Lady Marion. I kept writing her name in my notes as Mary Magdalene, but I think that's Jesus's <laughs> mate. <laughs> no, this that's is, just that was a, a prostitute that that Jesus um, just hung out with. Feet purely. Platonic. He washed her feet. Yeah. All I did was wash her feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is the thing with all these old tales like Robin Hood and and Peter Pan and Jesus, I get them all mixed up. Mm. Um, Christian Slater as Will Scarlet, Alan Rickman as Charles oh, Uh Geraldine McEwen as Mortiana, Michael McShane as Friar Tuck, and then a bunch of these other people, not the least of which, well, probably the least of which, is Sean Connery as King Richard, a 61-year-old playing a 37-year-old. The Nick Fury of this film, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> uh, so they get these people, they, they give them terrible haircuts, they put them up in the trees and shoot some things around and bish bash bosh, you mm-hmm. go self a movie mm-hmm. rap party at the old um, Nottingham Squires Lounge. Tav- tavern. Tav. Down at the, I feel like it would have to be tav. a tavern, wouldn't it? It would be a tavern and maybe those beer mugs with the lids on them. And you clink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of clinking. Ah, (laughs) huzzah. Yeah, lots of feats of strength. Um, And wenches. Yeah, wenches. Let's play the trailer. A time of war. Homecoming. A time of tyrants. A time when the only way to uphold justice was to break the law. the people the courage to fight. this movie as a kid. Let's save that. Let's park that for a second. 
because um, I think I think we're probably due to give our audience a, a clear update on on exactly what yeah. went down in this film. Yeah, that didn't really tell us much. No, in a time. So we've got this guy Robin. R O B I N. Robin, Robin. Mm. Uh, he's over in Jerusalem, uh, telling people he doesn't know how they should be living, uh, and he gets caught in the act, and he's put in prison. Um, and despite five years of prison conditions, we couldn't even fathom in today's world. He's yeah. still strong enough to overpower a few guards um, whilst in chains and escape. Yes. Um, and while he does that, he uh, turns out he's a decent bloke, actually, and he helps free another prisoner. Now, that prisoner um, vows to hang out with him until he saved his life and returned the favour. Yes. Next minute, they're teleported from Jerusalem back to England, uh, and the backstory there is that whilst all these English heroes are off around, you know, various parts of the world trying to take over everywhere they can, including King Dick. King Dick himself. Ruler of the land. Yeah. Uh, you've got Gruber there running the show back in Old Blighty, uh, going by our Sheriff of Nottingham. Uh, yes. He's a bad guy. He's yeah. a bad guy, Tristan, in case you bad couldn't tell. Yeah. So with old Dick away, he's planning a bit of a takeover. I think he killed Robin's father, throwing out some pretty strong clan vibes whilst yeah, he was at fuck. it. Yeah. Turned up in their white capes. <laughs> they sure and, and their Fidelio masks straight out of uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, the yeah. password is Fidelio. <laughs> Connected universe, I assume. Yes. So he's killed the old man. Robin gets back, finds his dad's castle burnt. Um, there's some kind of like butler guy still there. He's had his eyes sewn shut. That's rough, man. So you know they mean business. Yeah. So Robin and his new mate Red that he met in when he busted him out of Shawshank, they set out to take down Gruber and uh, convinces a bunch of wildlings from the forest to join him. There's much bloodshed. <laughs> there's tree houses. Um, there's a comical rape scene. Um, yeah, and we have to wait until the dying credits to hear the 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 husky dulcet tones of one Brian Adams. Yeah, the highlight of the film, perhaps. It creeps into the score, of course. In yeah, voice. yeah. But what is but, um, a Brian Adams song without Brian Adams' voice? I ask of you. Well, here's something I learned about that. It started with the score, not the other way around. So Brian Adams based the song on the score. Genius. He would do that because he's a, He would do that. He, he lets inspiration yeah. flow from anywhere. Yeah. So the score by Michael Kamen. So he's Michael artist. Kamen is is credited as one of the writers of of that very song we're alluding to. Um but he also mm. did the score of Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, License to Kill, Roadhouse, which obviously a great film but also fucking great music. The Last Boy great Scout, music. Last Action Hero. He was a hot property as an arranger of music with um, in the pop world as well, Pink Floyd, Bowie, Tom Petty, Clapton, Metallica, mm. Nothing Else Matters. He did the arrangement for Nothing Else Matters. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah, big dog. Passed away in 2003 at, the, at a young age of 55 years old. But, yeah, so 
that was a big one for me, realizing that the song wasn't just shoehorned into the movie, rather the score was given to Brian Adams to turn into a into a wonderful pop ballad. Delightful. Power pop ballad. Wow. Power pop ballad, you're right. You're right. I'm selling it short there. Um but how how was the rewatch for you, Greg? Um did not love it. Mm, yes. Concur. I found it uh pretty boring. I don't know, man. I um I had high hopes. Same. And this was a pure rewatch, and I assumed this was gonna be epic. And I hadn't Same. checked Rotten Tomatoes. Um and I kind of wandered into this like pretty excited to be watching it and was just oh, it was hard work, man. It took me three nights, man. Mm, it's a long film. <laughs> and the third night was still like over an hour left. Like I think I watched yeah, half I'm, an yeah, hour. Yeah. It's still coming. <laughs> oh, my God. It was a slog, man. And it, similar to you, I want to preface all of this by saying I was pumped for this movie and like I mentioned, mm. I, I too hadn't seen Rotten Tomato scores or anything. So as far as I knew, this was potentially a critically acclaimed film. I had no yeah. idea. I loved this as a kid. I, this is the kind of movie that when we were coming up with the idea for the pod, this is the type of candidate that is perfect. Haven't watched it in a long time, loved it as a kid. A very pure, pure rewatch, yeah. But, man, was it boring. Probably the most boring movie we've ever covered. <laughs> and, like, if we watch this, I mean, we just did the quest and, of course, we still like that movie because we love everything Jean-Claude Van Damme does, but it's not without its faults, obviously. But I think if we had done this first, I might have even liked the quest even more because mm. this this is like... It's a turd. It's easy to watch a film like The Quest directed by Jean-Claude Van Damme and go, oh, look, it's just pulling on all these lazy tropes or whatever. This is that. <laughs> and twice as long. At least JCVD had the self-awareness to know that he can't fill more than 90 minutes, man. Mm. And it, I, that comes across as me saying I didn't like The Quest. The Quest is a masterpiece compared to this. My God, man. My God. And you'll note that uh, Van Damme didn't get a Razzie for his performance in The Quest. Good point. Good point. Fucking good point. you got to say that a lot of the blame rests fairly squarely on uh, on Robin's slim shoulders. <laughs> yes, you would. Not Well, I was going to say not one accent what a boring, was attempted. What a boring guy. So boring. So boring. Boring guy, boring. Oh, my God. But the thing is when it first started, I was like, oh, this could be really interesting because I completely forgot about the beginning. It's all dark and gritty. And I'm like, do we yeah, have like a Game okay of Thrones type scenario on our hands? Yeah, he's in prison. Father gets killed. Father's hanging in a cage. Guy gets his eyes sewn shut. I'm like, fucking mm. A, man. This is like some Game of Thrones shit. This is not bad. But that point of reference was did the film no favours because it just raised the bar way too high because from that point on it was just it slowed right down. I think throughout there was a little bit of nostalgia as some little member berries tingled, things I had forgotten but re-emerged as yeah. they happened. Yeah. Like him cutting his hand on the above the grave and like. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, that, but none of these were that exciting. They were just like, oh, yeah, that's right, that happened. That was cool for um, an eight-year-old. Yeah. Do you think Costner was maybe saving all his energy for Tin Cup? 
<laughs> well, I think JFK came out right after this. This was the this was the trifecta at the height of his fame. So it was Dances with Wolves, this, and then JFK were the three. And then Waterworld. And then Waterworld. That was the end, I guess, right? Um, but th- these were the three big things that he, he was the biggest star in the world, which is, again, no disrespect, just I can't even imagine that. You know his net worth like quarter of a bill. US. Yeah. I mean he's done he's he's had a successful career. He's just peaked very very before, successful. Very successful. So there's no shade here, but it's just it peaked before our peak moving going experiences, I suppose. Hey Greg, I've got a question for you. Would you say that this film is almost like the Batman Begins of Robin Hood? But in a world where Batman Begins never eventuated in Batman dressing up as a bat, uh, I would I would say yes, yeah, because that's kind of what happens here. There's no hood, man. He doesn't wear a hood. He doesn't wear that funny little hat. Yeah, he doesn't. No, there's no feather in his cap. This is the thing. I think it's not a bad idea conceptually. I do agree with um, old mate in that this could be an interesting hot take for Robin Hood. The kind of Batman Begins spin. Mm, on Robin Hood, mm-hmm. but but it is like that. It's like Batman Begins. Well, yeah, I, I could take or leave that, but I just well that kind of works. But I guess it's just more the the dark and grittier, a bit more around like rich boy. But okay, yeah, like that kind of stuff kind of works. And yeah, in that sense, it is very Batman Begins esque. But it's like if Batman Begins ends before he ever becomes Batman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and they and it's like they call Bruce Wayne Batman before he ever dresses up as a bat, because they call him Robin Hood. Not once has he worn a hood. It's insane. He's Robin Hood less would be. More he out. says the quote is the sheriff's cousin comes back and says, "I met a hooded man today who had me warn you not to harm his people, but he wasn't wearing a hood." And then he's the oh. one that he's the one that Didn't first calls him. Hood? No, he didn't have a hood at that point. Well, at any point. I think he wore a hood once at church. Maybe it was a metaphor. Yeah, maybe. Like a hoodlum from the hood. From the hood. Yeah, it could be. The hood of Loxley. The hood of Loxley, yeah. Yeah. Loxley's could be. Pretty pretty hood, I hear. It could it could be. I mean, this film does raise a lot of questions, doesn't it? I've got a few <laughs> questions. Why am I watching this? <laughs> I've got some questions. I've got a list of questions. Should well, we work our way through some questions? Let's, let's go for it. I've, nailed, I've covered the first one already. Why, why do they call him Robin Hood? Um, the hair, all of the hair. Why Why those hairstyles? Again, without, without a full recollection floppy, of this film before I hit play, I was expecting long hair, to be honest, and then it, most of them show up with mullets. And I think, what is it, just because... The 80s was the past and Robin Hood's the past, so they gave them 80s hair. Like it was very strange. Mm, it was strange hair. It was bizarre hair, man. Did you, on, so on hair, Yeah, I, um, I took a particular liking to the fake beards at the beginning when they broke <laughs> out of prison. Um, Robin and his pal had those classic really frail long prison beards. It looks like an SNL sketch. Prison. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. so low budget. <laughs> meanwhile, mo- meanwhile, Morgan Freeman had like a tapered, beautiful fade. Well curated beard, yeah. Well curated, sculpted facial hair. Perfectly cultivated, yeah. I went down a little rabbit hole on facial hair in film, bad oh, facial okay. hair in film. 
interesting. Because I was like, would this get a mention? It's only a, it's a fleeting scene, so it probably won't. There's a lot. And I sent something, something to you and our friend Timmy uh, earlier this afternoon. Oh, um, that's where that came from. Off a website that had ranked the worst beards in, worst fake beards in cinema history. And <laughs> number one was John Travolta from a film he did. Oh, God, I can't even remember the name of it. I only looked at it a couple of hours ago. Um, it was with De, called, With De Niro of all people. With De Niro. And the film was called Killing Season and John Travolta plays some kind of like Bosnian war criminal who hunts down De Niro back in the US after De Niro was a war hero over in, uh, I don't know, the broader Yugoslav area. Yeah. Kosovo or something. Cultivates a perfect beard in his spare time. Yeah, and he has this terrible facial hair sort of, you know, the, the helmet strap vibe. Like painted on, yeah. But also whilst probably doing the worst cinema accent of all time, <laughs> trying to pretend to be Bosnian. He didn't sound particularly Bosnian. Oh, Just man. sounds generic Russian type. I think Travolta is the perfect example of on both sides of the equation that anyone can be the perfect actor in the right role mm. and obviously a horrible actor in, in, in all the wrong roles, which he's, he's done both of, right? He's done like in <laughs> yeah. Pulp Fiction. He's, he's great in Pulp Fiction. He's great, good enough in Greece and like many things, but he's also terrible in many, many things. But mm-hmm. I think I fundamentally believe every human has a great performance in there somewhere mm. and a good actor probably has a few more and then a great actor has heaps, I suppose. But he's... Uh, he 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 got a little too brave, I think, <laughs> going to all these different directions. He's gone in some really interesting places. <laughs> yeah, you got to see these fake beards, man. There's some good ones in there. <laughs> Even Adam Thor, the, the first Secret Thor Life was of... pretty bad. Oh, what was the Adam Scott one? Yeah, the Adam Scott one in Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Why does he have it? it... Yeah, <laughs> I watched so that recently. Bad. There's there's a lot of them and I can't figure out why they think that looks good because I think there was a period like this movie, to be fair, where you're not looking at these things in HD necessarily so they might pass mm. for good enough. Yeah. But modern films, Walter Mitty, that other one, <laughs> these are pretty recent. They look terrible. Thor, yeah. that first Thor where they made it all his eyebrows blonde as well, he looked crazy. You can, it's like you can see the hair. You can see each individual hair. Oh, it's not good. It's not Just good. grow a beard. You're an actor. You're getting paid millions exactly. of dollars. Exactly. You've put on all that muscle. Yeah. You've taken steroids <laughs> for a year. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, there's people like me that wouldn't be able to grow a full beard. Yeah. I only, I only get the I only get the Craig David. That's all yeah, I Yeah, I get like a lot of chin action. There's not. A, I thought I had a beard and then I saw photos from a couple of years ago when I thought I had a beard and I've just got a giant goatee. It just looked no, like you've been in a – looked like you've taken prisoner in the Crusades. No one told me. No one told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're all I look, back at my, I look back at my <laughs> earlier lockdown facial hair scenarios and uh, <laughs> I'm just grateful that I kept my marriage, to be honest. <laughs> um, let's see if we can down. push that. We're locked down even more now so we'll push that. Obviously. Mm, I've got another mm. question for you, Greg. Yeah, give us another one. Marion was quite the badass when we first meet her and mm. then never again for the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just really... And she just needed saving. F- fell back into the trope. Yeah. 
because the old at first, saving trope. When we're meeting her, I'm like, all right, this is one point four. This film holding up. This is mm. this is good having strong female character, and then she's strong for that scene in a bit of. It's just sort yeah. of a gimmick for the scene, and then she's just a damsel in distress. Yeah, damsel in distress. Yeah, she doesn't even realize that she's a woman because she's so right? strong and fierce. She's as strong as a man. Mm. <laughs> Until Albeit she's not. Like a 45 kilo woman. She's quite, <laughs> she's a svelte build, but tricked Robin. Yeah. Um, a smaller question. This one probably doesn't warrant too much discussion, but some very strange um, steady cam close ups of the bad guys all the time. Almost shot well, like was, Blair Witch Project. I had the same question. That was a very deliberate style choice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a conscious choice. It was almost like a fish a fisheye lens. It was strange. It's very strange. With the question with with um, Gruber asking his mum about you know the the blood and the yeah. dice. And, did you did you at like the whole movie? I kept waiting for him to ask someone where his detonators were. Because <laughs> he was just sort it's, of where are my detonators. It's interesting you say that, Greg, because I think there's similar motivation between the two roles. Mm, go on. Um, I've got a clip of Alan Rickman talking about this role, the sheriff. Right, let's play this clip and let's compare and contrast with how he explains Hans Gruber. Mm. I, I'm not playing a villain. I'm just playing somebody who has a certain checklist of things that he wants in life and he goes after them. And other people say, like Robin Hood decides, that's appalling and it must be stopped. Very, that sounds sounds a little familiar. It does sound a little familiar. You'd be, you'd be right. And I know this because you actually said this in the Die Hard episode. You quoted the interview. Um, but he says something very similar about Mr. Hans Gruber. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not playing the villain. I'm just playing somebody who wants certain things uh, in life, has made certain choices, uh, and goes after them. <laughs> oh, Alan. It seems like maybe that's just, that's maybe his overarching statement in playing a villain, perhaps. Yeah. Um, he's obviously a good actor. So I, I don't think he's just like he's, phoning it in or anything. Amazing. But that seems to be his, his if I, it's the classic, the bad guy doesn't think he's the bad guy. Um, yeah. But it is, it is pretty funny that he says almost the exact same thing. It's almost like it's he says amazing. that as a mantra to himself. He wants certain things. <laughs> this is your Harry best. Potter. Yeah, yeah it's, his, <laughs> it's his morning mantra. Yeah, he gets up. He gets out of his trailer. Before he gets out of his trailer, he says, I'm not the bad guy. I'm just the man who wants certain things. I have a checklist. Yeah. I, now I really hope you can find the same clip of him as Professor Snape. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the bad I'm just a wizard who wants certain things. <laughs> With a checklist. Yeah. He's definitely having the most fun a in this checklist. film. He's great in this. He's great. Now, that's an but important it, it, caveat it does, with our criticisms. Yes, because he's great, but it's so horrible that the most likable character is the one slinging out rape jokes. Like, Mm. It's fucked up because on the one hand he's like, oh, this is, he's just a wonderful Farquhar type. But then he's like early on, almost when we first meet him, he's about to rape a woman. And then later on he's slinging zingers. The tone of it is like, look at me, I'm slinging zingers here. 
alluding to rape. Like, what is that thing he says? He he says, um, you be in my room by 10.30 and you 10.45, bring a friend. <laughs> what the hey. fuck? Yeah, it's fucked up. And I said it in, yeah. in a more funny way, I think, just then. <laughs> but he it was like, it's rape, man. This isn't, he's not Russell Brand or something. This is uh, <laughs> <laughs> like men don't like him. Women don't like him and men don't want to be him. This is not, like this is all non-consensual. Leading to a wedding that could not be in any level official, quite literally. She has. She doesn't say yes at all, mm. which then you say, well, it doesn't matter. It's not important. Well, then why is the wedding important? Like none of it, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Now apparently Alan Rickman, because he was sort of the star of this really in terms of the rewatch, he, mm-hmm. Apparently he punched up his dialogue with some comedian mates and that's why he's really shining. Oh. And apparently there's a lot more and they did a test screening and audience loved him more than they loved Robin Hood, which to your mm. point, Robin Hood's a boring fella. Mm. And um, Kevin Romy Costner wasn't having it and uh, got him to cut some of that stuff. <laughs> mm. So it evened out a little bit. Isn't yeah, that's the, that's the privilege of power, Tristan. That's the privilege of power. When you hold the Romy, sure. you hold the decisions. Yeah, proven Romy yeah. track record. <laughs> you, can, you can pull a few shots. Call a few yeah. shots. Pull a few strings. Yeah. Shot strings. Shot strings. Yeah, all of the above. I agree. I've got another question for you, Greg. Mm-hmm. Little John isn't big or little. Like it's not big enough for it to be an ironic little. He's just kind of a guy. The guy with the beard, he was pretty big, man. He was like slightly above average. I feel like he was a big guy. Interesting. That's Maybe we'll agree fascinating. to disagree with that one. Yeah. But he was burly. He had a beard. Yeah, that means you're burly in <laughs> 91. He had a burly energy to him. Mm. But I wouldn't go, oh, that's a big guy. Yeah, maybe that's I didn't a, that's pay a guy. attention. That's just, maybe, some, maybe that's just a guy. Maybe it's just... Cemented in my brain from him being bigger than I was when I watched this for the first time at nine years old, perhaps. Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. I think he's just regular John as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Got another question for you, Greg. Mm-hmm. How much do you know about uh, being being hanged? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I know about, about this as much. But what I do know is this. Now, typically when you're being hanged, especially when it's the old kick the chair out from under your thing, the desired effect is to break your neck. Mm. So when these guys were being hanged at the end through that very mechanic, their necks would have broken. It's not about just holding your breath and hoping Robin Hood mm. comes through with a perfectly timed arrow. You're already dead, man. Your neck mm. snaps when you're released. Mm. Bam. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a grossly inaccurate depiction. Including a child. Including a child. And my one caveat there might be, well, maybe he's too light for it to work right away. Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. In the maybe. film's defence. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, look, actually, I think we've covered most of these questions. I, I guess I've got one big one. It's not so much of a question as much as it is a, a, a revelation, Craig. In one of the key scenes where... Maid Marion, Madam Marion, what's her name? Maid, Maid Marion. Maid Marion, Mary Magdalene visits um, 
Fizzes Neverland <laughs> with these guys. And yeah. um <laughs> Neverland Forest. Yeah, with with the Lost Boys and such. And mm-hmm. they have their moment. The the moon is shining. The the score starts swelling in. You almost expect Brian Adams to chime in because it's that score, it's that, mm. it's that melody. Mm. And they're having this dialogue about the plan. Mm. And Mary Magdalene, I think he asks her, like, oh, you do it for the country or whatever, and she says, no, do it for you. Mm. Which raises the question, maybe I do have a question, Greg. Does that mean the song, everything I do, I do it for you, is from the point of view of Maid Marian? Mary yes. Magdalene herself? Yeah. Yeah. It's Mary Magdalene's song about That's Jesus. A real, <laughs> it's a real plot twist to me because mm, it just it really shows that Robin Hood is not the sweet romantic we thought he was. All of this, these, these great messages of look into my eyes and you will see what you mean to me. You know, it's true. Everything I do, I do it for you. These are words mm. that came out of her mouth, not his. He, she says that to him, and he sends her away with under the protection of a blind man. Mm. What kind of commitment is that to the relationship? Yeah, he's blind. He dies, of course, because he's been sent off into the wilderness alone, blind. Well, eventually alone once he drops her off. I guess Terrible it's about, human. I think it's about equality, though. Right. So he's like, I can't not pick the blind guy. Yeah, some equal opportunity, and, and I can't not shot. let you go out because you're, you know, female. She's pretty tough. Maybe she was sent to protect the blind guy. <laughs> she was a fighter, remember? Robin's like, do me a favor, take this blind guy with you because I want him to feel like he's contributing. He's obviously not. He's he's mm. quite old and relatively yeah. great guy. Don't get me wrong, great guy, but he's not adding a lot of value to to Neverland Ranch over here. They've probably um, got a quota for mature age. Yeah. You know, contributors. You're doing me a ma- if you can take him off my hands for a couple of days, you're doing me a massive favor. You make a good point, Greg. It's very astute on your part. It's probably what happened. It's probably what mm. happened. He does die, though. Does he? Um, very soon after, yeah. I don't yeah, remember that die. bit. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to remember a lot of this film. They took um, me eyes. <laughs> This film got me thinking though, Greg. Oh, yeah? Because this uh, was a bit of a trend at the time, right? In the mid-90s, early to mid-90s, there was sort of this, um, it was sort of the comic book adaptation of the day, just taking all of these public domain type folk tales um, and, and turning them into blockbusters. So we had this, we had Hook, we had Three Musketeers, I think mm. just two years after this, Three Musketeers, also with Brian Adams on the soundtrack. Not to be confused with the Three Musketeers. Yeah, yeah, the porn parody, of course. Mm, of course. Um, although I heard the Three Musketeers was actually a reverse porn parody of, of the classic porn film. Yeah, sorry, it would have been. Um, Rob Roy in 1995. Ah, Liam no, Legit no, Neeson. Yeah. Cutthroat Braveheart. Island. Braveheart. Oh, yeah, good point. I didn't have that one. Cutthroat Island. The, the end of Carol Coe, Dracula in 1991, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in 1994. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's basically before Hollywood discovered comic books. Yeah. The crazy thing is most of these, almost all of them except for Dracula, 
Coppola's Dracula were poorly received. <laughs> <laughs> like some of them do. This one did well in the box office, but as we've established, critics did not love it. Mm. Critics didn't Braveheart love any of would these be things. Exception to that group, then, as well. Well, yeah, Bra- Braveheart probably strike it from the record. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny though? You got all these classic tales, and now you get things based on comic book movies with Rotten Tomato scores much higher. Um, but what I was going to say was, it's interesting to now think about modern stories and and think ahead and, and wonder what modern tales will become the the fairy tales or the the, the public domain folk tales of the mm. future. Maybe a Harry Potter, maybe a Fast and the Furious. <laughs> well, almost <laughs> certainly, that franchise maybe, will uh, still be going. Yeah, maybe uh, that's the why quest. they've branched into space. Exactly. What was the last <laughs> Actually, one? The quest. Yeah. Yeah. The, you're right. It won't. It will not be Fast and the Furious because that will still be going in 500 years. I think highly yeah. likely is Harry Harry Potter probably. I could see that just becoming like a thing that keeps iterating over the years. And, yeah, maybe Bloodsport or something. Who knows? <laughs> mm. That would be nice. That would be nice. Mm. Man, you know what's crazy as well about this movie is I mentioned in the origin story that this was sort of a hot take to do a dark and gritty version of Robin of Loxler. But then there's been all these other I, – I was like maybe it's due for a remake and then I realised, no, the fuck it's not because they've made two in the past ten years. They made one in 2010 with Russell Crowe yep. by Ridley Scott, a dark and gritty take once again. 43% Rotten Tomatoes, one in 2018 with Aaron Edgerton and Jamie Foxx, which I think I was getting mixed up with the King Arthur yep. Guy Ritchie thing. Yep. Yeah, but it's there's separate things, but there's a similar energy there. 15% Rotten Tomatoes. And Ben Mendelsohn as the Sheriff of Mottingham equivalent, Prince John or whoever he plays in it. And that's good casting. That's good casting. Like that's awesome casting. And I had the exact yeah. same experience. I was like, who are doing recasties? And I was like, I'm not doing them because this thing is played out. So much so yeah. that they're bringing awesome cast together. And Pretty good casting. Work. That's a great cast. I, Jamie Foxx. I haven't watched, yeah, Jamie Foxx, Russell Crowe in the other one. That's pretty good casting. I, Kate Blanchett. Like, what do you want? I haven't watched either of those, but they've they got all, very yeah, low scores. Yeah. But this movie scores higher than all of them, man. Uh, Men in Tights as well. Yeah. The ones that score well are the, are the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple back in the 20s. And and the Disney one is 64%, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, uh, Errol Flynn. Aussie or, icon, yeah. Errol Flynn had a good one and there was another Douglas Fairbank or some sort is of. Is he Aussie? Errol Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know He's that. Aussie, man. He's like the original I know OG. About him. He's the OG um, Aussie icon in Hollywood. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Wow. Wow. I had no wow. idea. That's why Australian Crawl did that song. Oh, Errol, I will do anything just to be like it. Really? Fascinating. A question for you. Oh, okay. Why is it that, you know, I'm looking at the fashion of Robin Hood. It's never been on trend, ever. Yeah. Yeah. That little hat. I looked up that little hat he wears, that silly <laughs> little thing that the traditional. Which is what gets me mixed up with Peter Pan because it's a Peter Pan hat. Yeah, it's a Isn't silly. It? Li- it's the same. It should be called. A, it's called a bicocket. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. B y c o c k e t. B y o cocket. 
It mm. was fashionable for both men and women of Western Europe from the 13th to the 16th century. That almost checks out. Uh, it has a wide brim turned up at the back and a pointed little front like a bird's beak. In French yeah. it's called chapeau de bec. Sorry, chapeau à bec due to this resemblance. This is the fedora of the 13th century. Yeah. Yeah, as well the style of the time. Uh, originally worn by nobles and royalty and later by the rising merchant class, it was often decorated with feathers, jewels or other ornaments. So it's got nothing to do with Robin Hood then? Well, it's it's most common. It's associated with, but it's not historically accurate, it sounds like. We'll never, we'll right? never know. Because it's a hood. He's supposed to wear a hood. Maybe he had... Maybe he had a bicocket under the hood, so he'd 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 sneak like up like a beggar, and then release release the bicocket, and they'd go, <laughs> "It's Robin Hood!" But by then, it's too late. I think that was the the sequel was going to be called Robin Hood Release of the Bicocket. Mm. You're right. But I like it. Then, of course, they, it never eventuated. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> Did we discuss the Connery cameo? Sean Connery's no, in this we movie. No, touched on it in casting. That blew my mind. That was a real surprise. <laughs> that was like a wow. What this is the era you've just got. You've got Big Sean coming on. Uncredited. Uncredited. Interesting. Tell you what was credited: his bank account. <laughs> he got. He still got paid two hundred and fifty grand for two days' work. Fuck, that's not bad, is it? I don't, I don't know how much work he did in those two days. I'm. I object to this wedding. If I. If I can't give her away. He's like, Who, who's this show of Nottingham fellow? I like the cut of his chip. Yes. <laughs> um, I am the last one. He, yeah. yeah, he got paid 250 grand for that, which probably is pretty penny in 91. Oh, man. Put that in some some, some index funds. Oh, put that hey. in some um, some yet-to-be-discovered bitcoins. <laughs> Invest that in some, some yahoo.com. Mm, in some Jeez internet Louise. bubbles. Yeah. Some Alta Vista. Maybe even a little bit of Ask Jeeves. You're rolling in the cash if you sell it appropriately at the right time. Hey, one final point I wanted to make on the song. So we talked about the song. It was oh, huge. Yeah. Big song, number one man. in like at least 19 countries, 16 mm. weeks at number one in the UK. Yeah. It was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, it lost. It lost. Do you know why? That's right. What was the number two movie you mentioned earlier? Fucking Disney, that old pesky genius Menken. Oh, of course. Yeah, fair enough. That's fair enough, I think. Menken. No, Menken's still alive. It's the other one, Ashman. Oh, I get my men's confused, my Disney men's. Well, they were were partners, yeah. Menken. (laughs) Menken. Menken's still going. He did the new Aladdin and everything. Oh, God damn it, Menken. But, yeah, I think when I read that too, I was like, how did it lose? Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's pretty old time. Not my yeah. favourite Disney song, though. Like, no, na, na, it's more na, na, technically na, na. I can appreciate it. Like, I don't really know it. I only song. know the bit that goes meh, 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 meh. How does it go? I forget. I'm pretty sure I've done it on, on the piano. Oh, there's a candle. Lines. The candle sings a song in it too, doesn't he? Be our a- guest. See my vest. Made from real gorilla chests. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, that's all I have. Should we get into the verdict then? Let's do it. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. 
I'd like an answer to question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, Greg, my overall thought on this one, which I've been itching to say for a movie for a while, <laughs> without any hesitation is that this film is best left in the past. <laughs> it is 100%. Yeah. Look, one caveat is that I think every movie we cover is probably someone's favourite movie and if you love this movie, awesome. I, I know I love movies that are terrible. That's fine. Everyone's got their own taste. It has, you have emotional connections to different movies. Mm-hmm. But for me, this movie has nothing for me. It has nothing for me. And I wouldn't. I couldn't think of a good reason to recommend anyone to watch it. <laughs> it's mm. crazy, savage. Out of all the films, I never would have thought I would say this about this film. Yeah, this was, I was so excited to watch this. We we did License to Drive a couple of weeks ago. That was a bad movie, but I wasn't bored. It didn't take me three nights to watch it. <laughs> like, man, this movie is not good. It was like double it, the running time. Maybe this yeah, film needed a Corey. Or two. We got a Christian instead. We got a Christian, yeah. I reckon, dare I say, Corey Feldman could have been that younger, bro- annoying brother. Just been annoying. Yeah, him. he could have. Man, we didn't even really talk about the accents that much. We touched on it, but there wasn't. What the fuck? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? So yeah, do you have what's your verdict on this one, Greg? Uh, yeah, it kind of stunk, man. I was. Yeah, I, you and I, I think, had a, a very similar experience here. We loved it yeah. in the past. We were excited yeah. to do it. We watched it over a course of time. Um, and <laughs> Imagine grossly... if I just start. Sometimes I just start to watch them the night before. If I started watching this last night without, oh yeah, that would have been I, torture. I probably would have given you a heads torture. up if if yeah. I knew you hadn't watched it by like Wednesday. Yeah, um, sorry, I interrupted you. That's fine. It's uh, yeah, it wasn't good. There was little yeah. saving. I mean, there was a couple of good performances in it, but yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't watch. I'll. I don't think I'll watch this again. It's long. There's other things it's you so could be long. doing. I don't think I would ever watch it again. Watch just watch the film clip. Oh, you can't even watch the film clip. Even Brian's distance exactly, from exactly. This because that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So that's the thing. You can't even watch the film clip, the, the music video with the Robin Hood film clip version. And it was a, and it would have been a more appropriate length because that film clip still went for six and a half minutes. It's <laughs> yeah, like the length yeah. of a Kanye well, exactly. album. Exactly. Because it was like a cinematic thing. It was like a long version of the video like Michael Jackson used to. I'm pretty sure it was anyway. But yeah, it that's was. the thing. Out of any movie we've done, I can always come up with an angle as to why you might want to rewatch it. But this one I cannot. Haveth thee not. Haveth thee not. Uh, I did find a porn parody though. Oh, good. Throbin Hood. Prince of Thighs. <laughs> Prince I, of only found throb- I found Throbin Hood. That's the only one I got. Throbin Hood. Throbin Hood. Oh, um, that's better actually. Yeah, of course. That's why Sim- they get paid the bid bucks. Yeah. I couldn't find Simpsons doing it, although I, I feel like they may have, but I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, FX tests. Yeah, I mean, not bad. Um, Bechdel tests, no. Again, it's so close. I mean, it sol- we haven't talked about how this film solved racism. That's a whole other thing. It solved it. Um, True. But then with uh, Maid Marion, mm-hmm. 
she's such a badass at the start and then she's a damsel in distress for the rest of it. Mm. Also, he says to her, so good to see you. It was so great to see you. And she said, it was great to be seen. Now, I think I know what they meant by that in that finally someone sees me, you know. But also it's almost the textbook definition of the male gaze. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. It's like just just look at me, gaze upon me. She gazed upon his sweet me. buns. Well, that's the thing. Then it kind of evens out there. So it's a it's a it's a complex one in terms of Bechdel. To, I mean, technically Bechdel says it's a flat no, but in terms of just representation of women, it's it's a bit, it's hard to pin down. It's yeah, it's not great, but it could be worse. She does look at his um, tan lined ass. I got to assume that's his real ass too. It was not. It was an ass. Oh, it wasn't a stunt butt. Double. It was stunt butt. Sorry. Damn stunt butt. That's mm. crazy. Because he's this guy was a big sexy man for the time, and again, Why no you disrespect. Want a stunt butt? <laughs> yeah, why do you want a stunt butt? He I was like such a big sexy man, but I don't think he's that. He, I would see him as being like maybe the guy at the barbecue that all the mums think is pretty cute. But as a Hollywood leading man, he's not like super hot, right? I don't really get it. <sighs> I don't really I get know. it. I mean, again, we've come just off the quest, so we've come off perfection here, so it's hard to – maybe that's not fair, fair comparison. He probably ticks boxes in certain circles. Yeah, yeah. He's the kind of dad at school pickup that mums would time their pickup around. Oh, yeah. But Hollywood leading man, I don't yeah. know. I mean, he was, so I'm wrong, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, he's no is Thor. a bit like – yeah, he's not exactly now you're talking. Carol was like, imagine, imagine if, oh my God, imagine <laughs> if Chris Hensworth did this. <laughs> That's what she said at the water at the waterfall scene. Oh, man. Oh, my God. She did? Because, yeah, I mean, how hard were our wives thirsting for Jean-Claude Van Damme in the quest last week? It was not the case for this Well, he had a better beard than Kevin Costner had at the start of this film. He had a better everything. He was a better actor. Man, there I said it. Respect. Do you know who else was a better actor than this? Who? According to the Razzie judges. Oh, Vanilla who? Ice in Cool yeah, as Ice. Yeah, He was nominated but he didn't he win. He was right? nominated yeah. but Kevy <clears throat> took it home. But Kevy doesn't Who's care because your... he's got a quarter of a billion dollars that, that we know of. <laughs> US. Yeah, man. And I'm sure, look, we've been a little hard on this guy for this movie. I'm sure we'll do other films where – Obviously, he's the highlight of the whole thing. I'm sure yeah, that's going to happen. We'll do Waterworld. But um, this one, yeah. But this one is not that film. Um, MVP, Greg. MVP for me um, would have to be the Groobs. Yeah. Um, with a low-key VP. I, look, I did like Morgan in this. Yeah. But I'm going to go and give low-key VP to his cousin, who I always like. I don't know his name. What's his name? Uh, oh, the bad he? guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who he kills with a knife and not a spoon, thank the Lord. At least it's not a spoon. Um, yeah, he was pretty good. Guy of Ginsburn? Yeah, he's in The Crow as well. His name's Michael Wincott. Ah. I feel like I've seen him in more things than this in so The Crow. Weird. But he's always like a quite a coarse, um, you know, hardcore yeah. um, bad guy. Yeah. yeah, I like him. He had so a I'll, give him, I'll, give him, I'll give him some points because <laughs> we don't get it. 
he's one of those guys that I, pops up from time to time and he's scary. Yeah. I had Alan Rickman as MVP for obvious reasons, but as as low-key, I had Michael McShane, the Friar Tuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was good fun. He's and good. also because I realised he's, he's a comedian. I think he's a... A UCB or Second City guy. Okay. He, he he's been in the latest seasons of like um, of um, oh, whose line is it anyway and shit. Oh. And he was he was the hypnotherapist in Office Space. Ah, very good. Anyway, what, what about Fanny? Would you give it to Fanny? Oh, who was that? Would you give it to Fanny? <laughs> I'm losing it. <laughs> They're nicely done, Greg. That was Word little John's play. wife's Genius. name. Was you can Fanny. write critical consensuses. Um, what What are we doing next week? You ask, Greg. Fucking good question because we're doing Kindergarten Cop with one of the people from Kindergarten Cop, one of the kids themselves, not Arnold Schwarzenegger, unfortunately. But we're equally excited to have Adam Wiley on the show. It's going to be very fucking exciting, isn't it, Greg? It's. I'm. I'm pumped. We're going to get some insights into what it was like on set. This yes, is our we're first, going to get all the insights. This is our first get, uh, friend of the show that's, well, if I mean, Frank Dukes, we had a more of a generic chat with yeah, and he wasn't a specific to, to Bloodsport, nor, nor was he in the film. So this is the through exactly. the eyes of a child in Kindergarten Cop. In Kindergarten Cop. With Detective Tom Kimball, my cap here. <laughs> You're right. It's fascinating because I was I was speaking to him the other day and I sent him a rundown of the show and how we do it and I'm like and here we talk about our memory of the movie and then I realized oh it's yeah it's gonna be quite different for you <laughs> your, your memory yes. of the movie is making the fucking movie yes being in it wild wild stuff yeah. um, so that's, that's pretty next exciting week, man Adam Wiley yeah and then the following week we're doing Blues Brothers with another guest. So we, uh, subtext here is we heard you loud and clear, guys. You guys want more guests on the show. We we got you. We got more guests coming. We've got Dan Illick from Irrational Fear podcast and from many, many things. You've seen him all over Australian television. Um, a wonderful comedian and, and I guess cultural critic, smart man. Um, He's a smart man. We're going to need to like read the paper that week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Current yeah. events. And We've I've got, got a little. Yeah, we really do. Oh, we um, really do. You know, COVID numbers <laughs> and such. He's, he's, he's a bit of a, a Jonathan Stewart. Too. For the Americans, he's, he's kind of a Jonathan Stewart of Australian media a little bit. Um, mm, yeah. he, he looks at things with a critical eye, but observations that sometimes often present themselves as quite the zinger. Mm, mm. Um, but until then, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on the TikTok, you can find us on the Facebook, you can find us in many places. Um, so Find hit us, us up. The, Leave us a review the on the Apple Podcast. In the club. Bottle of bum. Um, pocket, pocket full of something. Curtis Jackson. I've got that X if you're taking drugs. Um, I don't. That's that's the song. It's the song. All right, legends. All right. Bye, guys. Take care. Hang and in there, lockdown folks. Take care of each, yourselves and each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey. And no other